In this episode of Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. We've been a restaurant for a very long time. And again, people have celebrated so many special moments with us. It's just what they know us to be. So anything short of that is a letdown. It's a disappointment. So every the part of creating that culture is reminding everyone that why we do what we do. We do what we do to make people happy. That's it. To make people smile, to make them, you know, think about us in a way that says, wow, every special moment, I want to come back there. Hey, y'all. I'm Shannon. Thanks for tuning in to Savannah, Georgia, Anything But Ordinary. If you know anything about Savannah's culinary scene, you've probably heard of the old pink house. In this episode, we sit down with general manager Craig Jeffress and executive chef Vincent Burns, a.k.a. Chef Vinny, to talk about the legendary dining experience only found at the Pink House. The iconic rose-colored restaurant is known for its exceptional service and unforgettable Southern-inspired cuisine. But do you know why the Pink House is pink? Take a listen. From the street, just taking a view of it, you hear the old pink house, you see this sort of small, quaint little home just from the front of it. But once you walk inside, you walk up the steps, you open that original door from 1771. That's the original door? That's the original door, absolutely. And very much, the flooring in in, in a lot of parts of the home is is still original. There's there's, there's more than people realize that are, again, 1771 uh, features in the home. But as you walk in the front door, you know, we'll have our team there to greet you. And like I said, I, I couldn't be more proud of the folks standing there um, because in their minds, you walked in their, to their home. So, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. Welcome. You know, it's your first time with us. We're happy to have you. And from there, you, you start to realize that you're, you're, you're really standing in a piece of history. It's, it's something really incredible to be able to share. You know, when you walk in the front door to your immediate left, you're going to see what was originally the formal dining room. To your right, you'll see what was the parlor. Um, Farthest to the right, uh, when it was a federal bank, you'll see the, the gosh, the bank's offices uh, there. Above that, on the second floor, you'll see the bank president's office. Uh, on the second floor, you'll also be able to see, the, be able to dine in the master bedroom. Uh, and that dental molding in there, I have to talk about every time I mention that room, that was all done by hand over 250 years ago now. Um, so that's just another great uh, feature of the home. You'll see the children's bedroom. And then you can make your way into the study, which is just a gorgeous room, all Georgia knotted pine uh, on the walls, uh, heart pine flooring, and that has a great terrace attached to it. Um, of course, on the second floor at the very back, you get a chance to be in our grand ballroom, which we believe is just a really festive space. And uh, great murals in that room of, 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 of what the low country's like. Um, just a really festive space, and we have so many fun events there. Um, uh, gosh, when it was a federal bank, there was a conference room, and so we still have that conference room here today. It looks just like a conference room. That's a great place for celebrations of you know 12 to 14, maybe as many as 16 people. And we have two amazing bars. Um, it's interesting. I love talking about the bars. Uh, for lunch, we have a bar on the side of the home uh, to the left if you're facing it. And to Savannians that work downtown, that's the front door at lunchtime. That's where they come. And so they'll saunter in there and they'll get a chance to see Kristen, our bartender, meet Megan, the manager, that's there at lunch. And, you know, that's just a great place for locals. That's their office, really, their office away from their office. And then when dinner time comes, well, their, their new front door is now the tavern bar downstairs. Uh, Savannians, that's their home. They come through there first. They'll always say, hey, we have reservations upstairs, but we always start down here. And I'll tell every new host that's working that area, when someone walks in, go, oh, great, well, it's great to have you back again. That's a sure sign that they're, they're Savannians. So just take them to, follow them to where they want to go and get them what they'd like to have from you. Um, so between the Tavern Bar, Tavern Bar is an amazing space. It, the original kitchen and laundry in the home, when it was built uh, in 1771, 
We have live music there seven nights a week. And it really does, I mean, it gives you such a warm embrace in terms of the lighting and the, and, and the music and, and the people that, that are there. It's, I mean, it's a proper hug from Savannah. It really is. And then, like I said, the Archer's Bar on the side there, that's just lunchtime. You know, that's where Savannah is. They're both such unique spaces, too, I think. The Arches has that very kind of, um, like, game hunter feel a little bit to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. in the Planters, or, uh, yeah, in the Planters Tavern, it's just so, so cozy in there. Yeah, in the Planters Tavern, you'll see bank vaults from when it was a federal bank from the um, early 1800s. Uh, one of those still looks very much like it does in, it did in its original form. Um, and like you just said, the Tavern Bar, it, it, the Arches Bar, I'm sorry, it has that sort of, that tapestry and the antlers and things like that, really a rustic feel, gorgeous, you know, that raw metal chandelier, the chandeliers really do it justice. So, and of course, in the springtime, you open up the French doors in, in the Arches Bar, and then we have tables outside, we have tables up front in the courtyard. So, uh, lots of different experiences, and that's as it sits today. But, you know, when someone decides they want to have a wedding with us or some sort of a really cool event, we can make all of those rooms transform into whatever you'd like. Um, you know, we have lots of different ways to move our furniture around or bring in new things. So we're very creative with it. It really is one of those places that it's like you can explore and hang out and come back or leave and come back and have an entirely different experience in a different part of the building. Um, it's just it's a full on encompassing day or evening or, or just like I said, a full experience. I don't think you could come in there and just not want to stay better yet i'll tell you a great story about a really good friend of mine he started as a guest but he's a good friend of mine uh he lives in louisville kentucky and um in fact i talked to him earlier this week uh he and his wife came uh this has been probably seven years ago now eight years ago they came for their very first visit and they planned to be in savannah for two days uh they ended up being here for i think six days um and their goal while they were here after their first meal was to have a room have a meal in every room in the house (laughs) And uh, what a compliment, right? You know, and I, of course, you know, we got a chance. I met him on the very first day and then we've bonded uh, through that experience. But it's very it's very common, thankfully for us, and I say that very humbly, that people will say, well, listen, I've dined in the ballroom. That's different than the master bedroom, which is different than the, the bank president's office, which is different than the tavern, which is different than the, you know, the, the original formal dining room. They're all great rooms. It's the same food, but every room has its own signature that it puts on it. So um, it's, it's really, it's really a privilege to be there. It really is. I love that. I might have to steal that idea. Next time I, <laughs> next time I call in for reservation, I'm going to say, I, I want to be in this room now. I haven't been in the other one. Please do. <laughs> okay. To decide to be a part of that team means that you embrace history. So everyone that works there, you know, you have to have a passion for, you know, history, especially, you know, uh, where we're located in this great city. So it's something that we that we teach in our training um, with all of our front of the house staff. And many of them, you know, it's it's nothing like hiring someone who is born and raised in Savannah and you're teaching them Savannah history. And then they go. And by the way, I'd like to add. And then they tell you things that they know about Savannah, uh, fun memories and fun facts from history. So it's a part of working there. We're sharing a very historical place with those who choose to dine with us. So it's just important that we also embrace it. And we, you know, we do as much as we can to share the history of not only the Pink House, but Savannah with all of our guests. So it's a huge part of our DNA. You know, when you have a, a plaque at your front door that says you're on the National Historic Registry, um, it certainly does set a standard of what you should experience when you come inside the building. And everyone there should be knowledgeable and should be able to give you even more than what uh, maybe what you've read just about Savannah and, and all the many things the city offers, as well as that specifically that building. What about cocktails? We never touched on cocktails. Listen, cocktails are something we're very proud of. You know, we are very privileged at the Pink House. So uh, we have, we buy several liquors just by the barrel for us. So we have our own signature blend of Woodfree Reserve, uh, Herador Double Reposado Tequila, 
Papa's Pilar Rum, and Whistle Pig Rye Whiskey. So we have four signature, co- signature cocktails made with those. Uh, we have a Woodford Meal we make with our Woodford Bourbon. We have a Jalapeno Margarita we make with that Herradura Tequila. And that is, uh, that, that's a really, really, really good drink. Uh, we have a drink called the Ride On, R-Y-E-D, on, right on. Uh, we make that with our, with our whistle pig or rye whiskey. And uh, we have a drink called the Planter's Punch. Um, and we use our Papa's Pilar dark and light rum for those, for that cocktail, very tropical drink. And uh, they all have such bold, unique flavors. Uh, you know, one's just not enough. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> okay, so the age old question, why is the pink house pink? Wow, a great question, and, and the answer, I think, uh, is, is pretty cool. So when the Pink House was originally built, it was constructed out of Georgia red clay bricks, and uh, that was its original construction. Well, the story goes that the lady of the home approached her husband, and she said, listen, all the wealthy people in town have stucco homes, so I would like for you to cover our red brick home in stucco. And like a good husband, he, of course, obliged. What they didn't understand about South Georgia is that everything sweats in the summer, including those red bricks. So those red clay bricks are in that house's DNA. So they would sweat and they would turn that brilliant, that beautiful stucco, a color of pink. And so the bones of that house are pink, are, are, are the red clay bricks. So that means anything you put on top of it, it's going to turn pink. So no matter what you like to do to it, as long as it has those red clay bones, that, that stucco is always going to be pink. And that is why the old pink house is pink. That's amazing. I, I love that even underneath it all, there's still that, that Georgia red clay brick because that's such a iconic Savannah construction it's, feature. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, you know, we, we're, we're fortunate. Like, there's, you know, it, historically it has so many architectural features. Um, I have a letter uh, from a, that was written um, after a lady had lunch at the Old Pink House in 1933. And her granddaughter gave it to me. And she describes the Georgian architecture, the columns, the the the, uh, the 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 windows, and just how she hopes it'll be preserved for years to come. Because it's truly, truly um, uh, just a great example of, of classic architecture. We turned 250 years old as as a building this year. Really, um, I didn't seven, know that. 1771, the home was built. And it has had it has had many lifetimes. It's been a private residence for forty years, a federal bank for a number of years, an antique shop, a bookstore, a church and school supply store, and we've been a restaurant serving folks uh, since the nineteen twenties. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot to soak in there. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah. So we are a larger place. Uh, you know, when when we have um, all of our seats available, we we get to close to four hundred seats inside the building. And, um, you know, it's just a it's it's a it's a treat to share it with everyone. Uh, you know, it's a piece of history and uh, we have a unique charge in making sure that we maintain that and, and do a good job representing Savannah and uh, taking care of our, our beautiful building. Yeah. The Pink House obviously has a reputation that precedes it. Everybody knows about it. I think that knows anything about Savannah. Um, when would you say that that reputation kind of really started to develop and, and precede the restaurant? You know, it's been around for a long time and there's been a lot of people, you know, serving, you know, guests inside the home. You know, our tenure is, you know, in, in, in relation to the how long it's been serving guests is, you know, is, is short, to tell you the truth. But recognizing it as, as, a, as a center of hospitality in Savannah since the 1920s. And, uh, you know, we just do our best to uphold the reputation of, of, uh, that it's had over the years and try to continue to grow it as best we can. 
You're doing a great job. <laughs> we try. We you try. Are. But a lot of years, uh, people have been, like I said, serving others there. So um, it's now in our hands and we're going to do it. We're going to do it just right. Is there a lot of pressure there to kind of, you know, keep the keep the standard up? And, you know, we put a lot of pressure on each other as leaders inside the business. It's a large leadership team and there are just a bunch of great, amazing people that come to work every day, you know, never resting on past laurels. Uh, we recognize that, you know, someone, people celebrate very special moments with us, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, you know, moments in their lifetime. People choose us, you know, on an everyday basis, and then people choose us specifically for very special moments in their lives, you know, uh, wedding, uh, rehearsals, receptions, birthdays, anniversaries, graduations. You know, those are treasured moments that people remember for the rest of their lives, and when they entrust you with that sort of an, to, to provide them an experience on those days, there certainly is a lot of pressure because you never get to do that day again, you know, you, and so we want to make sure that we live up to that. But most of the pressure is, is, is internal. You know, we, we challenge each other every day. Uh, like there's a great management team. I can't say enough about the leaders that I'm privileged to work with. And it takes all of us to do what we do. But the, one of the greatest part, things that I enjoy most about my role there is that I get to be around a group of professionals that are constantly challenging each other, not to change, but just to be our best every day. And we're constantly evaluating the things that we're doing just to make sure they're our best effort at that time. That's incredible because the, the restaurant industry, especially in Savannah, you know, you have naturally a lot of kind of floaters and people who go from different locations here and there and stuff like that. But you guys have really mastered the art of the, the core, the core group of people leading that that's flattering um thank you for that you yeah. know it, it's a humbling walk and we have so many people that are you know we may not we share a common vision you know of just what we're there to do uh we're all very different people from different walks of life but we all share the a common vision of no we we want to be the best and you know it, no matter how good someone may say we were in a in, in a review or how many pats on the back you may get we still look at it for what through, through a lens that, that that we're required to essentially because of what we want to do there every day. So, you know, yeah, we're going to taste our food every day, twice a day. Um, and if it's, if it's not something that we're proud of, we don't sell it and we figure out how we're going to be proud of it and then we make it better and then we'll sell it again. Uh, when it comes to our service, there's a certain standard that our guests expect and it has to be that way. The last, sometimes our guests see us two or three times a month. Sometimes we'll see them two or three times a decade and recognizing that it's been four years but they still remember it and they still remember the way a certain dish tasted or a certain way that they were treated and so we have to always keep that in mind that every single guest is just supremely important and they, they, they listen they, they stand in line for us they pick out their outfits for us in advance they do a lot of things to dine with us the very last thing we should ever do is disappoint it sounds like you really know the customers really well because I've heard all of these things from people that love it and they're like, I came there 10 years ago and I'll never forget it or I come back every single time I'm in Savannah. It's, that's exactly a, an accurate picture. Yeah, it's important for us to be significant on those on those moments when they choose to, to dine with us. You know, mm -hmm. it's successful meaning, okay, great, we opened up, they came, they had a reservation, they sat down, we fed them. I, some might see that as success, but I think significance is much more important, meaning that we establish some sort of a connection that makes them, you know, that gives them that feeling that they just can't wait to return. So for us, it's not, in, you know, it's important that they had a good time, but it's most important that they don't associate it with just the old pink house. Who are the people involved? What are their names? What do we get to learn about them? You know, and, you know, they get to share things about, you know, their journey and we get to share with them things about ourselves. So we, we've learned that, you know, connecting is really the way to provide a, a memorable experience. 
Absolutely. So how did you end up at the Pink House? What kind of was your career path a little bit? You know, I've been very privileged and very fortunate. I've worked with some great people in this industry for the last 34 years. Um, I've lived in quite a few cities. Um, Savannah was always a city that every time I visited, you know, I always left refreshed and recharged and relaxed. And so, gosh, it's been 11 years now. And and 11 years ago, I was fortunate enough to, to you know, I found myself in Savannah and I was looking for a great opportunity. And, you know, the Pink House was something someone said, listen, there's no other place you need to go see what they're doing. And um, I was fortunate enough that at the time they were looking for a general manager and, uh, you know, things just really worked out. And I can't say enough about, you know, the, the what a privilege it is to be there. It's not just a job, you know, like I said before, significance is a very important word and uh, in terms of my career and certainly in terms of this opportunity. So um, again, I've, I've been in the industry a long time, worked in kitchens, worked in dining rooms, and you know, it's, it's just a very gratifying thing to do on a daily basis. That's amazing. So the Pink House has this natural feeling of personal investment from everybody on the staff, you know, from, from the very top to the first time you get greeted at the door. It's amazing. Um, can you explain a little more to people maybe that haven't been to the Pink House what the standard is for hospitality there, what makes it so exceptional? Everyone at the Pink House has a ha, plays a part in that. And it's so important that when, we, when people say, I'd like to work with you, whatever position that, they, 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 that we give them, every conversation we have is in relation to the guest. If, if it's about you know, uh, pouring water, washing a plate, cooking a, a, a piece of chicken, pouring a glass of wine, every conversation about how it is to be done is in relation to the guest. And there's never, a com- there's never a moment that we think about in terms of, well, this would make it easier for us, or this is the way we do it. No, our guests expect, or our guests require. Those, that's the way we lead all of those, the instruction, because it's, and it's not about me as a general manager. We've been a restaurant for a very long time, and again, people have celebrated so many special moments with us. It's just what they know us to be. So anything short of that is a letdown. It's a disappointment. So every the part of creating that culture is reminding everyone that why we do what we do. We do what we do to make people happy. That's it. To make people smile, to make them, you know, think about us in a way that says, wow, every special moment, I want to come back there. And so if we lead with everything's in relation to the guest, that's a really good way we found to help people understand it's not because your boss asked you, it's not because, you know, of anything other than it's just what I guess expect they require that of us. That's incredible because I'm thinking now to every time that I've dined there and I've, I've, I don't know, I've been there how many times and for special occasions and for regular role, just, hey, let's go to dinner tonight or let's grab lunch. We work around the block and all that stuff. But every single time has stood out in my mind. It's and it's, it's I feel like I'm getting the inside secrets now to <laughs> why it's so great every single time. It's like, wow, they really do think about us and 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 as the customer and and what makes us comfortable and what we want and it's like it's like they read our mind i feel like i've had my mind read in there a couple times it's really amazing yeah that's that's it's just really humbling to hear and yeah (laughs) it's the kind of thing that i can't wait to rush back and tell the staff because they work so very hard Mm -hmm. you know um they they really do believe in 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 taking good care of people and uh so to hear you say that like i said it's very humbling but that's really it you have to enjoy you must enjoy serving others and you must realize how important every single, you don't know what, what, why, what, why people are there, but our responsibility is to connect and realize that they may be celebrating a really momentous occasion in their life. Um, they may have dreamed about this meal. They may have saved for this meal, 
we never know someone's situation. So it's our responsibility to just respect that in every way we, that we can. So if you make a phone call, if you send an email, if you're walking in the front door, the most important thing we can do is make you feel at home because at the end of the day, it is a home and we need to make it feel like that every day. Chef Vinny from The Pink House, can you please tell us about who you are and what you do? Okay, my name is uh, Vincent Burns. I'm the executive chef of The Old Pink House. And I love to cook and I... I love to teach. My biggest, my, my part of my journey here in Savannah, you know, I first came here in 1997. Walked through the foyer and saw these big steps and everything. I'm a little kid from Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I was very impressed. Hardwood floors throughout and this big winding staircase. I was like, wow, I got a job here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Then I picked up the history sheet. I'm like, and then I was really impressed. Then I walked to the kitchen. I said, well, this is a great job. <laughs> this can work. <laughs> this can work. <laughs> yep. So, you know, um, my journey as, as a chef at the Pink House, I've seen a lot of people come through. Um, I'm, lo- I'm very, very fortunate to have this job. You know, the biggest thing for me is I can see my sous chefs growing up from line cooks to chef now and teaching. And that's the biggest part for me. I love to teach. You do a great job because everything that comes out of that kitchen is spot on. Thank you. Thank you. We're privileged. We're very privileged. We're privileged from the people that provide the product for us. You know, like we do a lot of local guys like Drew Ambles. We got Vince Baker. You know, we we do a lot of stuff with local people, you know, in and all's produce. Where did you learn to cook originally? (laughs) Like I said, I was from Charleston, South Carolina. I started off at Garibaldi's in Charleston. I was a 16 year old kid. And I was washing dishes. And um, chef at the time was Danny Kim, which is, you know, he was our corporate chef for a long time. And I just saw him cutting fish one day. I was like, man, could I learn how to do that? (laughs) He said, man, you can learn anything you want. And, you know, I went, started cutting fish, learning all that. And when I was 18, I went, I left to go to college. And he told me, he said something to me that I, nah, I'm not gonna do that. He said, you're gonna be a chef one day. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to be an engineer. <laughs> well, I guess Mr. Kim was right. So, because I got hooked. I was just hooked. I used to come home from college just to cook and just to learn. And ever since then, I'm just hooked on it. I love it. It's a true, pa- it's a passion career. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Okay, so let's go back to 1986. Chris Scored Founder is invented. <laughs> How did that happen? Um, at the time, it was Danny Kim, who was our corporate chef for a long time. All right, we used to, we, we tried this dish, because Danny's, he's from Thailand. And you know, that dish just has a, a high Asian influence. So we, we brought in 10 flounders that night. We sold one. And Donna um, Bayless, who owns the um, restaurant, she would like tell us, well, you gotta keep on running, the dish is amazing. You gotta keep on running, the dish is amazing. So, <laughs> I still remember the story. I remember, like, as cooks, Danny used to give us the flounder to eat because he didn't think he was going to sell. Then one day, it just took off. And I mean, when it took off, we had people calling the restaurant to reserve flounder. And we have we, we used to call it the flounder line. Because <laughs> at the time, we had just one little countertop fryer. We were going to only hold two at a time. So people have, they would wait 30 minutes just to get two flounders. 
I bet, they, I mean, they didn't mind waiting. They were no, fine with it. They were fine with it. So what exactly is the dish for people that aren't familiar? I, it's um, headed and gutted flounder. It's uh, 16 ounces. It is scored on both sides. Flash fried, salt, pepper, a little seasoned, little seasoned flour, salt, and pepper. Um, and it comes with an apricot shallot glaze. And my favorite part is the grits and the collars on the side. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, it's an amazing dish. And that's that's iconic. I know the shrimp and grits are iconic. As I we were talking about everything on the menu, my dad is obsessed with the fried chicken. He every time <laughs> we go, he's always like, "Can I just get like five more of these to go? Like, just put them in a box." <laughs> that's an interesting story. The fried chicken is an interesting story because you know at first we I think that that dish has only been on the menu maybe six years now, six or seven years. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty new. Yeah, because um. The way we came up with it, we had to do a party for a bar mitzvah, and they wanted fried chicken. So we were like doing all this fried chicken, and and we finally came to that point right there. And I said, "Hold up, let me just do my my mom's recipe." <laughs> fried chickens were born. So and that's your mom's recipe on the menu. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about the cheese straws too. Thank you for Mr. Rodney Richards. <laughs> right. Cheese straws. Um, I would be lying to you telling you those things aren't difficult to make. <laughs> I believe it to our listeners. They're like literally a straw shape. They're paper thin. Paper thin. Um, that was, uh, I probably that's probably been there 10 years. Um, I remember that we first came up with that recipe and the way you have to make it um, the whole process to it, it takes about, all right, you start at six o'clock in the morning and you finish probably about two o'clock in the afternoon because the guests love it that much. And you, and then by the end of the day, you already made 1,300 little cheese straws. Do you have like a designated cheese straw team that just, they just only handle cheese straws? <laughs> I used to have it, but I, I lucked up and found this guy named Rodney Richards. <laughs> he does everything by himself. And his stuff, is, his product is just amazing. He's, he's he does a great job with it. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah the, thank those, you, Mr. Rodney. Yeah, <laughs> those cheese straws are one of a kind. You don't find them anywhere else like that, ever. They're just they're so thin and crispy. What do you guys do with the with like the broken ones? Is there like a cheese? Because oh. you should put them in a box and sell, sell them. I'll buy the seconds, the factory seconds. <laughs> it's actually um, the servers. That's that's their favorite thing when they're broken. <laughs> So why, are y'all breaking this on purpose? <laughs> so y'all can try these? I would not be allowed in that kitchen. There's no way. <laughs> Walk us through the Pink House menu. How has it changed? How is the food different? Is it the same? All that kind of stuff. One of the most important thing to us um, on the menu is consistency. We got to be consistent. You know, like as Craig said before, we, we try things as a group and we make decisions as a group and we make sure all of the product is consistent. You know, we got to make sure when it tastes like it doesn't taste different every day because it confuses people. You know, one day is spicy, one day is salty. We don't want to do that. We make sure we do tastings all day long and the fresher the product, the better the product. And, you know, one of my big pet peeves is um, take your time, cook it slow because slow is always great. You got to think about that menu, though, you know, like bacon, 
you got pork, you got beef, you got seafood. It's just like, wow. And the best part about it, butter, bacon, wow. <laughs> Sugar, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I've had some special occasion meals at, at the Pink House, I think, for like Thanksgiving and some holidays and things like that. It's amazing to me that your 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 special occasion meals like the like Thanksgiving dinner and things that are offered are offered on Thanksgiving Day are just as amazing as everything that's on the regular menu. Like you cannot order a bad thing in there. Like no matter what you prefer, you, you could walk in there and say, "Well, I really don't like seafood," and order the seafood dish and probably love it. It's it's that good. It's amazing. Do you have a favorite thing on the menu? I actually don't. I, I like everything. Well, the Christmas Gore Flounder, I was a part of it in 1986 when we first came up with it. That's that's when it was created? Yep, 1986. Oh my goodness. Oh, yep. I mean, that's a legendary dish. <laughs> For people listening, the Christmas Gore Flounder is like the, the the thing, but honestly, everything is the thing, so. Yeah, but all, the whole menu, it's it's amazing. You know, we can fr- start with our shrimp and sausage spring roll and end up, end up with a chocolate mousse bomb. So it's like a, a vast of things that we can try. What's the most challenging thing to to make on the menu? Um, actually, everything is not it's it's not a challenge when you have a great team, and I have a great team. You know, you know the like the, the biggest challenge is consistency. But like making a one consistent item, nah. Those guys, the people that I work with, are amazing. What's what's the atmosphere like in the kitchen at the Pink House? Um, I would say calm, cool, and collective. But it's not always like that. Because, <laughs> you know, when b- before the pandemic, it was 400 seats. <laughs> it was made them very interesting. But, you know, like we always like, I, like I tell you, the slower the process, the better the process. Because if we take our time, it's going to be right. We don't believe in rushing. So the pandemic has kind of given your team a chance to, to step back and really focus on the food and focus on the plates going out and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, it has. But you know, like, and it, it makes our food a little better right now. And we're gonna um, continue this process because I've learned a lot through this pandemic. And you know, it's been challenging because you know, like, from the when you open up at six o'clock in the morning, you have to sanitize the whole kitchen all over again. But and you leaving at twelve thirty at night, you have to sanitize the whole kitchen. It's been interesting, but you know, like, it's what we do. We have to do to preserve the restaurant. So. Yeah, and and I imagine too in the in the kitchen even just not before and after service, but during everybody's being extra careful and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, and yes, and having the mask on the on the line was about 180 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I I can't even imagine. <laughs> what makes what makes your kitchen staff really exceptional, and and how are they bringing their hearts to the food going out and reaching the customers? Uh, well, they have to, we have a standard. And to follow that standard is difficult at times, and you won't be in there unless you really want to do it, because the standard is high. You know, we don't believe in sending out anything to our guests. It has to be perfect. You know, we 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 watch it, we try it. We we I even try everything with my cooks. We make sure the standard has to be main, maintained, and that's the most important thing to us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Savannah, Georgia. Anything but ordinary. This podcast has been brought to you by Visit Savannah, the official destination marketing organization for Savannah, Georgia and the surrounding area, produced by Tyler Edick and hosted by Shannon Lowry. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite listening platform, 
follow us on social media at Visit Savannah and learn more at visitsavannah.com. 